Hi! Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, Don Cherry speaks out. We'll take a listen to what the now-fired legend has to say about his departure from Sportsnet, as well as thoughts from Adam Lowry, Paul Maurice, and me. Then, we'll hear from Winnipeg High School Football League Commissioner Jeffrey Bannon. Super Saturday coming up. All three divisions playing their championship games on the same day. And then, Jeff Braun and I hop in the replay booth and watch the longest yard. The first one with Burt Reynolds on the podcast. So, Don Sherry. Isn't this the most Canadian thing? People bickering endlessly online about the firing of Don Cherry. A lot has been said over the past 72 hours since his you people coaches corner rant. So I'm not really sure there's anything new I could add to the argument other than I kind of want it to go away. There's just a lot of negativity. Today, Don Cherry spoke to pretty much every media organization. Some got him in his driveway. Others got him in his house, and that's where Morgan Campbell, Global News, talked to him. So let's hear from Cherry himself, right? Got to give him some time here to tell him, tell us how he feels about being unemployed for the first time in almost four decades. I don't think it's hit yet, and uh, I think it will hit after Saturday, and uh, it, it will be a little different in, in Saturday when I sit down and watch where I was uh, for 38 years, and uh, I have no idea, and I don't think Ron McLean has any idea what they're going to run. Probably just do a panel. Let's just do a panel. Uh, he was asked if he regrets saying what he did. What I was, should have said, everybody. And if I had to do over again, I would have said everybody. Because uh, the silent majority, as you know, that are, that are with me, are silent. And the people that uh, jumped on it are not silent, and that's what uh, Sportsnet listened to. So that's not accurate. If you've been online, there's no silent majority behind him. I don't know if it's more people for or against what happened, but I can tell you there is no silence on this. If you've checked out listeners to the show, we've had people call in, text in, all kinds of internet comments, and I know that most internet comments are just negative anyway because people generally don't go out of their way to praise people, but they will feel more motivated to be angry online. There's nothing silent about this. His choice of words, though, he admitted it. That's what changed everything. Forget that with all the stuff that Ron and I did there. It's just two words that changed the whole thing. And if that's the way it is, that's the way it is. It doesn't. is. I'm not whining about it. Uh, 38 years is long enough. And it's a long time to go. And if I have to go out this way, I'm going out on a... Looks like I'm going out on a high, anyhow. I don't think so. I don't think you're going out on a high here. This, how is this high? Uh, the you people, he he feels that could have meant anyone, not immigrants, as, well, we've all taken that to be. I think the word that I used was those people. It could have been Irish. It could have been Scotch. It could have been anybody. And uh, it was picked up the, the way it was picked up. And the silent majority said nothing. And the people that uh, wanted to pick it up, uh, uh, indonated, as they say, and something like that. And uh, Sportsnet, and that's who they listened to. Uh, is he going to apologize? I think the closest I'll come to apologize is saying, I wish I had used, every, I used different words. That's the only thing. And he could have had the opportunity to apologize. I was ready to apologize and, uh, and for Sportsnet uh, Saturday night if I had been on. 
uh, I was uh, going to put out a t uh, tweet or whatever they do and saying I was wrong and uh, I think it could have smooth could have been smoothed over pretty good but that's the way they wanted it and uh, that's the way it goes that wouldn't that wouldn't have happened you can't wait seven days in today's climate of reaction and to some degree overreaction not just in this case but in in any case the the mob will get you now Ron McLean apologized Sunday because on hometown hockey he didn't really say anything. He didn't say anything at all when Don Cherry said, you people. And he said he felt like he needed to go back and wish he said something at the time to challenge Don, which he used to do more so on Coach's Corner, not as much anymore. Uh, and now he won't get to again. Uh, Cherry had some thoughts on Ron McLean's apology. Very disappointing. Why? Uh, we're still friends, but uh, I was very disappointed in... Uh, the way he handled it, and uh, what, I don't want to go in and condemn him or anything like that, but I, I was very disappointed. Why, though? Do you... Well, because he buried me. And, uh, but uh, I, like I said, I don't want to go in any farther on, on Ron. You'll have to ask Ron about that. But uh, I was very disappointed. And I haven't heard this one yet, so this is new to me too, but apparently there was a tense moment between Morgan Campbell and, and Mr. Cherry when she wanted clarification on a question. But I think it was not just those two words, but it was the followed up with the other four words that come from wherever. Well, I, if you, I just got through telling, explaining that. I mean, you want to keep going? But, oh. No, I, I guess I just want to make sure that I understand your position well, you gotta, on you it. You've got to listen. You're not, you have to listen. When I'm on, you must listen. So let's just reiterate that then. They come from wherever you're suggesting it could be been Ireland, anywhere. could have been come from could have been Ireland, could have been Welsh, could have been uh, Scotland, could have been anywhere, and that's the way people. I guess the reason why I'm coming back to this, Don, is because there's been a lot of people who have spoken out about this, who are people of cover color, who have well, that's their, I, uh, who have uh, served, uh, right? Yeah, and I said it could have been as I said, it could have been anybody, could have been a. I keep repeating myself for you. It could have been Ireland, could have been Scotch, could have been English, could have been anybody. Can I keep naming white countries, please? Keep going. Uh, so, Paul Maurice today. Yeah, I think the whole thing's just sad. That's the word that comes to mind. It's sad for for people that have to deal with the words and the offense of what was said. Uh, it's sad that you know, a kid would have to go to school and answer for not having a poppy because he's new to the country. That's just sad. And I, and I got a you know, a relationship with Don. So I, I'm sad for him, and I'm sad we don't get to see him on Saturday nights. It's just the whole thing is just it's just sad. And Adam Lowry. Yeah, I think kind of his comments were disappointing. Um, obviously, that's kind of not what our game's about. But, you know, I, I think his heart was in a good place. Uh, you know, he, he was... He didn't say it so eloquently, but, you know, the, the support for our troops and our veterans, you know, I think it's been well documented that, you know, he goes out of his way to, to make sure uh, to show support and solidarity with them. And, you know, it, it's unfortunate that uh, his comments came out the way they did. I think, you know, he, he's done such a, a good job kind of growing the game and he's been an icon. and hockey night in Canada and in hockey in general for for so long that you know it's going to be unfortunate that this kind of I'll put a, a stain on his legacy but you know like I said um, those, those comments and things like that you know our, our game's about inclusion our game's about diversity and you know um, unfortunately uh, the, the, they don't have a place I think this is the second time 
over the course of the 13 plus months of this show that Don Cherry has come up and the first time was when he called the Hurricanes a bunch of jerks and I said something to the effect that he needs to be put on a barge and shipped out to sea because we want to have fun. The Carolina Hurricanes are having fun and now Don Cherry is off the air. Was he entertaining? Sometimes. Is he an 85-year-old who used to make a lot more sense and rambled a lot less? Yes. Has he always kind of said things that we, and by we, I mean mostly white Canadians, may have rolled our eyes at, but they really were racist or xenophobic or just intolerant? Yeah. Should he have been phased out when Sportsnet got the hockey rights? Probably. And Don Cherry has never offended me because I'm a millionth generation Canadian who gets absolutely no say on this. It's not how I feel that matters. Immigrants, sons and daughters of immigrants, people of color, ethnicities. If they feel unwelcome, then we as a country have a problem. And what really drives me nuts, and this is not surprising at all, but there's been no room for nuance in this. People on both sides screaming without listening. It's probably time for Don to go. And if you feel that Don did nothing wrong, hashtag Don was right. If you agreed with the you people part of it, well, I think you think your racism might be showing. It's kind of like Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. It's not about the flag or the military. Our country is far from perfect, but don't call me a lefty liberal snowflake. That doesn't help. Go read some of the writing on this from people that we should be listening to that feel affected by this. Journalists of color weighing in on it. People that their parents came to this country or to North America, and now they get to cover hockey for a living. Seek out a dissenting opinion that challenges your worldview. And this doesn't apply to just this. It applies to where we are right now in 2019 in society where social media has changed how we interact in most ways for the worse. It's tiresome to be surrounded by negativity. But what we're going to do is we're going to turn on hockey on Saturday night because we're watching it for the game. People will still tune in. They're there for the hockey, not for an outdated intermission segment. Jeffrey, this is your first championship weekend as commissioner what is this like for you it's almost like christmas at the end of the day it's the excitement the uh, uh just the ability to be part of the small process is is something that you dream of uh playing and now i get to do it on the administrative side it's it's beyond words it's exciting so you see all these young men around this room you know that maybe the biggest game of their lives coming up on saturday what is that like it's 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 a mix. It's it's sad. It's emotional because you realize a it's going to be the, half of them are going to lose. Half of them it's their last football game that they could ever play. The ever the last time they put the pads, they put the helmet on, and to that you want them to really embrace and enjoy the weekend. But then you know from being part of that that their nerves are going to be through the roof. And so it's you just sit back, you enjoy, and football just takes over. Do you feel nostalgic at all? <sighs> no, I. I, I sh- at the end of the day, it's, it's more pride. That, that's what I feel. And, and just to see these athletes excel because they've been going at it since June. Some of them haven't stopped. They do off-season programming. So it's the, the ability just to be a little – it's almost like I'm a father of 1,100 kids. That's really what's about, yeah. And so let's just go through each final. First, start with Division Three. You've got Churchill with 22 players getting to the final against Fort Francis, a team from northwestern Ontario. It says a lot about Churchill that they're able to get this far with 
an underman squad. They beat the number one team in their division last week. Nobody expected Churchill to be here. Like not, you know, I, I bet you if they walked down the hallways before their game last week, no one expected them to win, especially to go against Springfield and the powerhouse that they are. Uh, Fort Francis is, is led by Brady Meeks, who's just an outstanding athlete. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, Churchill's quarterback, Dallas Reese, he's, he's, he's made the gladi- gladiator of the league, and he's a, he's, a, he's a tough kid, he's a tough competitor, and Fort Francis is going to have their hands full. Division two, you've got Miles Mack against Portage, probably the top two teams in that division. Portage didn't lose all year. Their closest contest was against Miles Mack. The numbers are crazy, so we're expecting a pretty good game here. I, you know, I did, this is the heavyweight battle. This, this is, you know, you can whoever you want to compare boxing-wise, but you these teams are separated by two points during the regular season. They're both very well coached. The athletes are through the roof. Uh, this could be the game of the weekend. And then Division One. I, I mean, St. Paul's Vincent Massey. It seems like every year they're meeting with everything on the line. And it goes to the testament of the programs. You know, they, they build a culture that they don't build teams. And the athletes that they have are, you know, not only exceptional football players, but they're great gentlemen on and off the field. And you can tell the work and the effort that they put into where we are again, St. Paul's versus Massey. Here we go. And it seemed, even in a season where they probably weren't as dominant as they have been in the past, we saw someone like Dakota have a great season, other teams as well. But in the end, it's still these two. It is. And, you know, you know, if you think back at the rest of the league, probably wanted to stand back versus Dakota final, just have some, some new blood. But it goes to a testament of sometimes a regular season, it's, it's a regular season for a reason. And then when the playoffs came on, these two teams really took it to the next level. And you saw that in their play. You saw them lock down the defense, and they scored when they need to. It was hyper-defensive games in the semifinals last week. Part of that was because of the snow and the cold, but that's November football. And, and that's we play through four seasons. You know, at the end, when I walked into Investors Group Field last week, the, the, the turf was covered with snow. You know, I'm panicking, and you, know, you get the snow cleared, and then the athletes take over. But that's the game of football, and that's the joy of what it is. So you get a triple header this year because of uh, field availability but that creates kind of a, an interesting dynamic for this year. It does, it, it's, it's almost like a, it's a showcase, it's a super Saturday as we're calling it everyone gets to be in one place at one time uh, you know we're even talking about how big can the 50-50 get, you know there's all those things that are going through our head but it just allows you know at the end of the day for us to celebrate our game in one day in one location and we're a better place than Investors Group Field Alright well thanks for your time and uh, have fun this week Thank you, anytime Mr. Saturday so I hadn't seen the original before, but I have seen the remake. The and Adam Sandler? Yeah. I've not seen either. And it turns out they're pretty similar. I would imagine. Pretty yeah. straightforward story. Yeah, so this is from 1974, and it opens with a, a bit of a shocking scene where Burt Reynolds and his wealthy girlfriend, he's kind of drunk and falls asleep. and He's he, like a gigolo or something. He basically yeah. shows that he's not a good guy. No. He's a drunk. He slams his girlfriend's head into the wall, and you're reminded, yeah, this is a different time, but also... They're trying to prove that he's a bad guy. He gets arrested after this long police chase. That's the note I've got. It's like, you've got Burt Reynolds, you have to have a car chase in your movie. That's right. all there is to it. They just get it out of the way early. That's what he does, yeah. He goes to jail, and he's this former quarterback that got kicked out of the NFL for point shaving. And that's what people in the prison have problems with him for. Not that he's, you know, a, a, a girlfriend abuser or because a, they a are thief, as well. Because they're also bad people. Yeah. Ah, but you shave points, man. Now I don't. That's un-American. I don't even know what that means. I wrote that down. What does that mean? So that means he threw the game. So gamblers would have gone to him and say, "Okay, the the spread is you know oh. eight. You guys are up by six. You should probably throw an interception to make sure that the, yeah, the yeah. they okay. cover the spread or something. So people basically paid him off, and the NFL caught him and kicked him out. Is the theory behind that? He gets tasked with putting together this prisoner football team to battle the guards for a tune-up game, and oh my God, they're never going to win. <laughs> but then again, maybe they will, and it's so... this cast of misfits. I hear you play some football. A little bit. Yeah, good. Where? It's Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, you? 
prison. At this point, the movie becomes V for victory, except football. Basically. Yeah. And don't try to escape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And the, so the villains are the warden, because, yeah. But he seems kind of on Pernell's side at first. And he's a Paul Crew, nicknamed Wrecking Crew, which is a good nickname. That's a good name. Yeah, that was, I thought so, too. I was like, ooh, this guy's, that's a good sports name. Mm-hmm. Paul Wrecking Crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's him. There's the top. Guard, who's also now, the quarterback and coach of the guard team. For me, I, I, I guess it's just because when I saw it, but I can't. Every time I see a prison movie, I end up comparing it to Shawshank. Oh. And both the warden and the head guard in this movie are nowhere near as bad as the Shawshank guys. Fair enough. So I was like, oh, well, it's, it's tough but fair as far as a head guard goes because he's not just blatantly killing people like the guy in Shawshank. But then the worst of all is this guy who wants to be the manager of the team. Yeah, the snitch guy. Yes, so he tries to, he's like, hey, I'll be the manager instead of caretaker. And then he acts kind of gross about it. Turns out he's a mole for the warden. And then he tries to kill Paul Crew by putting some kind of fluid in a light bulb to create a little bomb. But caretaker turns it on and he catches fire and dies. Because he slams the door shut, locking him yeah. in the cell while he burns. Yeah, that's like, wow, for what the rest of this movie is, that's a pretty dark, like, tonally uneven that's turn just, that it took. Just murder just happened. Yeah. And, like, ugly murder. Yeah. They end up getting to the game, and the game takes a lot of this movie. I Which look, is good, I, though, because before the game, there's no sports. There's a weird... Right. Like, even in the training montage, and Burt Reynolds is a quarterback and doesn't seem to practice at all. He's in charge of practice, but doesn't seem... He keeps saying, I never, I haven't picked up a football in eight years, yeah. but we never see him. It's like, hey, you, you see the practice odd, your passing. You see a guy. couple plays of just people hitting each other and yeah. you know doing it wrong. But in the end, I, I found a number. 47 minutes running time of this movie was the final game. That's close to half the movie. 47 minutes? 47 minutes. I always think the Major League one is long. And that's I time that. It's about 25 minutes. Yeah, this 47. It was wow. almost, a, it's well over a third of the movie, close to half the movie. It's just under two hours long. So they get to the game, and the, you know the prisoners are putting up a bit of a fight early on. It should be noted that the only thing these prisoners are trying to do is hurt the guards. Yeah, that is their only objective. They don't even care if they win or lose. They just right. want to inflict pain on the guards, which is why they've signed up to be on this team. Right, and they're trailing by only a couple points at the half, and then the warden comes in and says, "Hey, we need to win by twenty-one, or else you're never getting out of prison." Basically, to Paul Crew. So he starts throwing the game, everyone turns on him, and then he realizes, yeah, screw this. They come back, they win the game. You think that's worth it? He could get out in 18 months or could be in there for five years. Are you going to th- go against the warden's wishes in that football game to I mean, maybe he's thinking, what do I, three and a half years have, of your life? What does he have going on outside of prison? Drinking. Hanging out at the bars. Womanizing. His, his gigolo job. I don't know. It's still better than prison, whatever, even if you're not doing anything. But he he felt bad about turning on his guys once. I guess so. So this is his moral redemption, I guess. He, uh, he could get a job outside the prison walls by getting out early and uh, help those guys as they get released from prison find new jobs. The one thing I did remember about the, the Adam Sandler one was the final scene, which is the same as this one, where it looks like he's trying to escape. V for victory style. You're going to let him get away? Shoot him! Crew! Shoot him, you... Crew! Shoot him! The warden says, shoot him, shoot him, kill him, and it's, oh, it's a game ball. And then the movie ends. <laughs> game ball. Apparently, they originally were actually going to shoot him, but then they, the people making the movie realized the audience would be so devastated at that that they just said, nah, just... So he already killed Caretaker. Oh, the nicknames in this movie are bad. Caretaker, and one guy's called Walking Boss. 
Yeah. Like one of the guards. Like I just couldn't get around a lot of these nicknames. A couple things. Uh, first of all, the premise that they would be able to come up with a prisoner football team and all the money it seems like they're spending on making sure they have nice places to eat and sleep. Do you think that's ridiculous or is that a, oh, an okay movie premise? Uh, it's probably ridiculous in real life. For a movie premise, it didn't, that didn't bother me at all. I okay. was like, ah, that's fine or whatever. Okay. Uh, who was coming? I, I bet you like the, the good food they got was just the food that they would serve the guards. They would okay. also send it to the prisoners. Who came to cheer for the guards at that game? Yeah, I know. Like their wives, I guess, and girlfriends. Family? I don't know. There didn't seem to be any kids in the stands. No, they had the prisoner section with the uh, the men from cell block C dressed in drag as the cheerleaders. There's all sorts of uh, things that would fly maybe in the 70s that just would not fly in if this movie were made today. Right. That stuff can't be in the Adam Sandler movie, is it? I don't believe so. I don't, so. I don't quite remember. I, I am we'll curious. Have to, we'll have to do that one one day. <laughs> yeah. I am curious in a real life setting how you know former pro athletes are treated in prison. Because I'm sure there is probably resentment. Because they're rich. Because, oh, you threw it all away. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The politics of prison, I, God, I hope I never have to find out. <laughs> also, the idea of punching a guy wearing a helmet, that comes was up weird. a lot. And it's really hard to do. Yeah. And, you have to go through, through the face like mask or underneath the ball. Bare the knuckles into the side of a helmet. Yeah. like, what do you do? That's not going to do anything to him. Now, the big giant guy that was Samson, what other sports movie have we seen him in? Happy Gilmore. That's right. Richard Keel. Yes. With the guards? Uh-huh. Sure, I'd like that. He's also in all those James Bond movies as Jaws. I do also have a question. When So when Paul Crew comes out of the movie, or out of the game, because he's, he's hurt with yeah. the ankle, who throw. is playing quarterback? Yeah, did they even show it, or did they just not zoom in on the guy? They didn't really... They didn't show anything. You know, they, just, found... they just showed the guards on offense the whole time. They didn't show the, the in terms of displaying how the game went. It how were they good. getting stops on defense towards the end? I found I had to re- rewind a lot to just like keep wait, track what of what play just happened. Or wait, also in its fourth down, I, d- I missed the third. It was down. like third and thirty six, and then yeah. they took a penalty because he threw it in the guy's crotch twice in a row. He's not breathing. Well, do something, man. Try mouth to mouth. You want to? No way. Ambulance, help. For 15 yards each time. So now it's like fourth and 40, and they just convert it. This was a a thing that bugged me. Now, there was, because it's a sports movie, there has to be a play-by-play guy, right? Right. And even though it's in a prison, and they said that this was just being piped through the prison itself. Basically. Hardwired little. Yeah, it's like CC. Closed loop system. And then the guy says, oh, he just threw the ball into the guys, and then he pauses. Nether regions. Oh, it's Ledansky with the ball right in the in the nether region. And I was just like, if you're just doing this broadcast for prisoners, why are you censoring yourself? Uh, like well, that? and they did, and he did say the f word at one point. The announcer guy did. Yeah, I did not. I miss that. They, they. I, like, I thought he was censoring. I was like, does no. that mean he was a broadcaster before he got thrown in jail? And he they just had a sequence automatically where someone said the f word, then the next person said the same thing, and then the announcer said it too. Oh, he did say it too. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I miss that. It, in a movie like this, the side characters are crucial. Yeah. And well, caretaker. Do you remember? Know who he, that guy is? He was Teen Wolf's dad in the movie Teen Wolf. Okay, well, as soon as I saw that guy, I was like, "Oh my god, it's Teen Wolf's dad!" It's the only two times I've ever seen him in anything. Uh, right, we see this, you know, kind of the the John Favreau crazy character who's got the karate skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I want to play. He wants to play. Thank you, Mr. Shockner. They don't really get into the side characters all that much here. There's no, the, there's the guy doing the push-ups at the start who gets yeah. the mud tossed in his boots by Like, it Paul seems Crew like they're going to be, like, antagonists or whatever, and then that guy just, like, chills out and he's cool the rest of the way. And then eventually they get the black players on the team. 
It's not a, it's a segregated not a great, or whatever. Not a great movie, honestly. It's, it's fine. Yeah, I did like how when the game started, the editing changed. They did, did you a, like all the jump, the, like yeah, the, the, the pan- weird transitions and the times where they have like five different things on the screen? The panel style editing. Like, like a, a almost like book. a sports highlight show I thought I thought that was cool. I was just like, oh, it's something different and it was an extra like sort of shot of adrenaline into the movie or whatever that right. sort of amped it up. I thought that was cool. At least it proved they put some thought into it. You know? Yeah, and like a lot of sports movies of that time, football players of you know actual importance were in yeah. it. Ray Nischke played the, the big guy, the big guard on the other team who got hit in the crotch twice. And I think it speaks a lot. It's just a movie star thing. It's a Burt Reynolds movie. And Burt Reynolds is in a lot of bad movies, but because he's Burt Reynolds and he's just so watchable mm-hmm. and he's so... Well, when he I smile in, when he yeah. shows up on screen. So it's like, you know what? I can be in a bad movie because I'm Burt Reynolds and I'll just crack wise a couple times and flash my toothy grin and people go nuts for it. And that's like, I totally get it. He walks into the warden's office after the shave and the haircut and you're like... <laughs> Oh, damn. <laughs> I thought, I was like, wow. It's like, his mustache is his power. Why would they ever take that off in the movie? They actually shaved it. Weren't there other guys in that prison that had facial hair? Why'd yeah. they force him to take it off? Uh, Joe Capps also in it, Purvis Atkins in it. This was filmed at a prison in Georgia uh, because they couldn't do it in Florida. Yeah. But it's Citrus State Prison. Yeah. Which, Paul, which sounds like it's supposed to be like California. Palm Beach. But yeah, it was actually shot in Georgia. Uh, one other thing, they let the prisoners actually play the state troopers with the leftover equipment from the movie. Oh, really? And the prisoners were beating them so badly because the troopers are out of shape. It was like 66 nothing at the half, and they just said, that's it. Prisoners have nothing <laughs> no to more do football. exercise all day. <laughs> and apparently Burt Reynolds actually, like, you know, interacted with prisoners during this. Oh, sure. During the filming of this, so. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, all in all, it's, you know, it's a it's... 1974 kind of comically violent, stupid movie yeah. that honestly wasn't really that funny. No, so probably back then, maybe, but a lot of well, a lot of it's just taste and humor have changed over the years, right? Too, and and it's, and old movies like that tend to be a little they're not tight and taut, especially with the humor as they would be now. So, so I will give this, I'll say three punches to the helmet out of five. Okay, <laughs> I will give it six and a half stale pieces of prison bread out of ten. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah.